Hey friends, thanks for listening to the Axiom Podcast. Um, We're a community centered around experiencing Jesus together and practicing his ways as a community. Uh, We like to say in Peoria as it is in heaven. Um, So this podcast is just space for discussion and exploring um, ideas and principles of the kingdom and also where we post uh, our sermons from Sunday gatherings. So um, please engage us online and uh, hope you enjoy this episode. Good morning. If I haven't been able to meet you yet, my name's Rick. I'm one of the elders here at Axiom, and it's my privilege today to be able to share God's Word with you. Glad that uh, Gavin and Kendall could get away for their anniversary. And once again, happy Mother's Day to all the, the mothers. We're, we're in a series right now called Easter Tide, and there's a lot of discussion where Jesus is sharing a lot of things with his disciples as we're walking through this long conversation. And some of the things that Jesus is sharing uh, are a little earth-shattering to the disciples. Uh, He's sharing some difficult things. And we're going to look in chapter 14 this morning, but back in chapter 12, he tells them he's going to die. It's like, he talks about, you know, dying in chapter 12 and then move on to chapter 13. And he tells them that one of the disciples is going to betray him. So they're knocked back a little bit further. And then at the end of chapter 13, he says, and Peter, who they're all looking to kind of as the leader of the group, at least he was the loudest, Peter, you're going to deny me three times. And the disciples are going, what is going on? In the midst of this, though, is Jesus comes in and he shares some important things. And last week, Gavin started chapter 14. And you know when a chapter starts off with the words, do not let your hearts be troubled. <laughs> okay, what's coming? He, he reminds them, I'm leaving. And so they're just decimated. They are having a difficult time with this. They're panicked. They're falling apart. They're asking, they're just asking these questions like rapid fire to Jesus, like, uh, what are we going to do? But this week, I get to present the good part. And it's Jesus gives them a glimpse of hope. He gives them the plan of the way forward, of the way it's going to be from now on, and it's still going today is, is how this is. John chapter 14, beginning at verse 15. If you love me, keep my commands, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you, to be with you forever, the Spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he lives with you, and he will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Before long, the world will not see me anymore, but you will see me. Because I live, you will also live. On that day, you will realize that I am in my Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. Whoever has my commands and keeps them is the one who loves me. And the one who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I too will love them and show myself to them. These are welcomed words to the disciples because they are, they're, they're rattled. They've been rocked with all of this information that Jesus is giving them. And um, 
they are fearful. Uh, We just sang the song about there's nothing to fear, but they were in fear. But he gets right to the point and helps them to know what they need to be focused on. He uses this word command. In some versions, it's called commandment. And, you know, some of us, we, that's a hard word uh, for some of us, command. And sometimes we think about, you know, different movies we've seen, or if you were in the military where somebody's barking out some order or command to you, there's a real harsh thing going on. But let's keep it in context of what he's talking about here. Jesus is talking to a group of disciples that he had a very close relationship with. And he's not ordering them around. What he is doing, he is embracing the very relationship that they have. That's what he's doing. He's, he's pulling them in. He's, he's relying on the fact that they do love him. And that's what he's talking about. These commands he's referring to, these are his teachings. These are the instructions he's been giving. And maybe use a modern word. This is the coaching that's been going on from Jesus to the disciples. His care and uh, his guidance in the relationship that he had with the disciples. And as much as what Jesus said to his disciples... And it is important, and it is important, and it's great for us to be able to look at it. He's also encouraging them, him, them to all follow his example, to do what Jesus did, to live like Jesus. But we're sitting here, and, and we're thinking about when you say the word command or commandments, we're thinking about stones of tablet and ten commandments and things like that. But what were Jesus' teachings? What were his commands? What did he model with his life that they were, he was asking them to follow? You know, the Pharisees in Mark chapter 22 were trying to test Jesus one day. And they said, so Jesus, what, what's the most important command? And he immediately answered them. He says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. And the second is like it, love your neighbor as yourself. It kind of shut them down. All through the book of John... Love is a common theme. I mean, cover to cover, you just, really the whole Bible, but if specifically we're in the book of John in this conversation that Jesus is having with his disciples, over and over is we're brought back to love, love, love. And in John chapter 13, the previous chapter, uh, it's the most recent command that Jesus has, or teaching that Jesus has given them in verse 34. He says, a new command I give you, that you love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. This just keeps repeating. This is the command of Jesus. Is it to love the Lord and to love others around us? He's having this conversation with with them here in the book of John, and it just continues on. And I encourage you to go read these these chapters in, in the book of John where Jesus is having this conversation with them. The disciples had seen the love of Jesus. They saw the example that he gave, and they were going to continue to see it. And they knew Jesus' commands, what they were, and they were all centered around loving God and loving others. But it's not the easiest thing to do. Have you found that to be true? It's not the easiest thing to do. Especially because Jesus loved the unlovely. Jesus loved people who in culture didn't deserve to be forgiven or loved. It's not that difficult to look around the room this morning and say, 
Happy Mother's Day and to love your mom. It's easy to love most folks, but there are some in our lives that it's difficult to love. But the disciples knew exactly what he was saying because they had a relationship with Jesus and had followed him. They had depended on every word that he said, and they saw his example. He didn't just talk it. He did it. As soon as Jesus tells him to keep his commands, he reveals something new in verse 16 that in our text this morning. And he says, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you, the Spirit of truth. Again, welcomed, welcomed information for the disciples. Again, they were troubled. They were upset at what Jesus had been talking about, especially about this part about leaving. What? You're leaving? What are we going to do? But now Jesus gives them the great news that he's going to ask the Father to send another advocate. Because up to this point, Jesus had been their advocate. He had been that one there with them. Uh, And the other advocate that he's talking about is the Holy Spirit. This word in the NIV is translated advocate. It's, It's just an English word from the original Greek word. But there are other versions of the Bible that translate it differently. And each one of these gives us a good idea of what we're talking about here when we talk about the Holy Spirit, not just advocate, but counselor. Helper, comforter. These are all great words to give us the idea. And what it literally means, this word given for the Holy Spirit, is someone sent to come alongside us and help. Someone sent to come alongside us and help. And again, this is great news for the disciples. Okay, Jesus is going to send the Holy Spirit. They were so perplexed. They needed some comfort. They needed some counseling. They needed an advocate with them. They needed to know somebody else was going to come alongside. And in verse 16, it says the first thing that the advocate, the Holy Spirit, will do is to help us. Okay, there's help on the way. And again, they were dismayed about Jesus living. But I think at the back of their minds, what I just said a couple of minutes ago, the disciples were probably very concerned about keeping Jesus' commands because they had seen the, the Pharisees try to keep the Ten Commandments and how they kind of went off the rails there and, and created legalism. But uh, he's, he's, uh, they're very concerned about keeping Jesus' commands because it isn't always easy to love the way Jesus loved, to love others who we really don't think deserve to be loved or deserve to be forgiven, but that's exactly what his command is. And that's why Jesus is letting them know the Holy Spirit is going to come give them a lot of help. (laughs) Thank you, Lord. (laughs) We need that help. He was going to come alongside and help them love the unlovely. Can I just tell you that it's impossible to keep the commands of Jesus without the Holy Spirit? You might do it for a day, But eventually, the lid's going to blow, right? (laughs) We've all been there. We've all driven in traffic in this town, right? For us today, it's so great to know that Jesus has given us the Holy Spirit to be our helper, to be our comforter, to come alongside and be our advocate and help me and you love the unlovely and to love and forgive people we encounter who... Maybe we think somewhere in the back of our minds don't deserve it. But the Holy Spirit does come alongside us, thank the Lord. And he reminds us that we didn't deserve it either. And then he also reminds us that we are his beloved. 
We didn't deserve it, but he did it anyway. And that's the example that Jesus gives us. And that's what the Holy Spirit helps us to do, is to come in love beyond our own capacity to do it. Our world is so divided right now. And I'm here to tell you, that's not from Jesus. That's not from the Holy Spirit. That's from a very unholy spirit. And that's why we need to fulfill this command that Jesus gave to love. Love really is the answer. Here at Axiom, we've got, just in talking to different people, we've got so many people from so many different church backgrounds. It's, it's a beautiful thing. It's, it's, it's wonderful. And when the subject of the Holy Spirit comes up, we've all got a lot of different backgrounds. <laughs> Um, some folks, you know, it's, it's not something that they've been very involved in. And then some folks have been in charismatic or Pentecostal movements. And so we're all over the place. But the beautiful thing is God has brought us all together here. And when the topic of the Holy Spirit comes up, there are so many things to talk about. We could do a sermon series on the Holy Spirit all year long and just scratch the surface. But there's so much to talk about, about being filled with the Spirit, about the gifts of the Spirit, and the fruit of the Spirit, on and on and on. There's a subject there to talk about, so many different things. But one thing we need to remember about the Holy Spirit that Jesus sends to us is that here in John 14, as Jesus introduces the fact that the Holy Spirit is going to be sent to them to help them, it's really not about being all spiritual. It's about keeping His command to love others. It's where it all comes back to. The Apostle Paul wrote more about the Holy Spirit and all of the different facets and subjects on the Holy Spirit than anyone in the New Testament. And the Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians 13 kind of brings it all back to what matters most regarding the Holy Spirit. Again, Paul is the one that, that stared down the Corinthian church and said, I speak in tongues more than all of you. So this is not something that he's saying, I know what, what this is all about. But Paul gets to the root of the matter in 1 Corinthians 13, verse 1. He says, if I speak with tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and I have faith that can move mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. So the Holy Spirit comes alongside us for a lot of wonderful reasons, for a lot of great things, the fruit, the gifts, on and on. But the, the, the context of what we're looking at this morning, the Holy Spirit comes to us to keep us on track, to love like Jesus loved. That's what the Holy Spirit is sent to us for. In verse 17, where he's called the advocate, the Holy Spirit he says he's the spirit of truth. I can't think of another day in, in you know, my years when I, we needed to hear what the truth was. And later on in, in, in John, he writes that the Holy Spirit will guide you into all truth as well. And if anybody needed to understand what the truth was in the middle of what they were going through, the disciples needed to have a firm grip on what the truth was and we're all sitting here knowing how this all ends up, but they didn't know what was ahead. They needed a firm grip on the truth with what they were getting ready to go through. 
And so in this scripture that Jesus shares, there's some truths that kind of drop out of this that I wanted to just to finish up the message with and to just speak on very briefly. Uh, And truth number one is here in verse 17, and that is he's telling the disciples, he lives with you, but he shall be in you. The Holy Spirit was there with them, but the Holy Spirit had not been poured out yet. He's pointing towards the second chapter of Acts that where the Holy Spirit was poured out and, and came into each, each one of the believers that were there. And Jesus in Acts chapter 1, is, he's been resurrected and he's giving them last instructions. And he says, don't leave Jerusalem, but wait for my gift, uh, for the gift my father promised. And in this, he's referring back to these very words we're looking at in verse four, uh, chapter 14 this morning. He says, wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. He's referring back to this conversation that he had with them before he was crucified. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So he's promising them. He's pointing them to that day that the Holy Spirit would no longer just be with them, but would be in them to come alongside them to help keep his commands. And that was pretty good news, I think, to the disciples. It's pretty good news for us as well. Truth number two is in verse 18. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. And also in verse 16, it says that he's going to be with them forever. Jesus, of all people, knew how to read the room. You ever get in a room with somebody and somebody know how to read the room? <laughs> yes, it, you know, it's just it's some difficult conversations happen in that time. But Jesus could just see right through him. He could read the room really well, and he obviously knew exactly what was going on in the minds and the hearts of his disciples. He knew the disciples were panicked by thinking they were going to literally be orphans, spiritually, all alone. That's That's where their heart was. And Jesus speaks this truth that through the Holy Spirit, he will come to them and be with them forever. His message to them here, you will never be alone. It doesn't matter where you are or what's going on. He's saying this to him. You're not going to be alone and you never will be. Truth number three, verse 19. Before long, the world will not see me anymore, but you will see me. Jesus is revealing that when the Holy Spirit is living in them, they will see things the world don't, doesn't see. They're going to see The Holy Spirit is going to help them to see Jesus at work all around them. See his fingerprints, even in the darkest moments. See his footsteps all around them. His promise to them, you will see me. Even though no one else sees me, you're going to see me. Truth number four, verse 19. Because I live, you will also live. Jesus knew that the disciples would be even more devastated when he was crucified. And Jesus is telling them ahead of time, before his death and resurrection, because I live, you will also live. He's telling them, you're going to experience resurrection power. (laughs) That's pretty encouraging where they were right at that moment. If I'm going to live, you're going to live, and I am going to live. Truth number five Verses 20 and 21. And again, I've talked about how this, this whole scripture and, and Jesus is calling on and, and embracing the relationship that he has with the disciples. But Jesus gives the disciples a picture 
of the thriving relationship that's going to happen when the Holy Spirit lives on the inside. Verse 20, on that day you will realize that I am in my Father, you are in me, and I am in you. Whoever has my commands and keeps them is the one who loves me. The one who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I too will love them and show myself to them. What a beautiful picture. What a beautiful way to describe the relationship the Holy Spirit brings and when the Holy Spirit is sent to live within us. It all came together on that day when they had the Holy Spirit. Now, it's interesting, you know, as John is writing this, again, Jesus hasn't been crucified and and hasn't risen from the dead yet. And I was reading in 1 John, it's an interesting thing how this is 50 or 60 years later, John's living in Ephesus and he's writing a letter to the church. And it is amazing how Our scripture text this morning, John is still saying the same thing because he's now, he has the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit has been poured out and he knows exactly what Jesus said was true. 1 John chapter 3, he says, and this is his command to believe in the name of his son, Jesus Christ, to love one another as he has commanded. The one who keeps God's commands lives with him and he in them. And this is how... And this is how we know that he lives in us. We know it by the spirit he gave us. 50 or 60 years later, he's still saying the same thing. And it's the Holy Spirit that just ties it all together. The Holy Spirit is the one, uh, we see it on the the road to Emmaus when we were uh, looking at that a few weeks ago, uh, right after Easter. The Holy Spirit is the one who can come and connect all those dots I remember him saying that. I remember him saying that. And even as you and I, as we read the Word, we start seeing the Word, how it all comes together. It's through the Holy Spirit in our hearts speaking to us. Jesus wants to embrace these truths like like the disciples did. He wants us to keep his commands to love just like the disciples did. Jesus wants us to be filled with the Holy Spirit so that we can also be encouraged by the Spirit. And these truths, each one of them, all of them are for us as well. It wasn't just for the disciples who were in a difficult spot that he does live in us, that we are never alone. If No matter what the voices of this world are telling you or the voices inside your heart and head are telling you, you are not alone when you have the Holy Spirit. You are not alone. And even though the world around us doesn't know the Holy Spirit and can't see the Holy Spirit, if we have the Holy Spirit inside us, we can walk into the darkest places and we can actually see the footprints of Jesus and we can see his, we see him at work reaching out because if we don't have the Holy Spirit, we just walk in and it's a real downer. We're going to not see what he's doing and it's important for us to have the Holy Spirit so we can see it. And because he lives, we will live. You and I will experience resurrection power. And lastly, thriving relationship with Jesus. We can be connected just like the disciples were on that day. On that day when when the Holy Spirit is really alive in us, we can realize that we are in the Father and he's in us. Just like Jesus described the, the relationship. To finish up this morning, I wanted to, to read a few verses. Um, 
that are later on in the same chapter of John 14, as he kind of wraps up this encouragement that he started in the verses that we read earlier. John chapter 14, verse 25. All this I have spoken to you while still with you. But the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and remind you of everything I have said to you. Peace I live with, leave with you. My peace I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. This is the final truth from chapter 14 this morning. Jesus gives us this one last truth that the Holy Spirit, that the Father will send in the name of Jesus, will not only teach them and remind them of everything that Jesus said to them, but that their troubled hearts can find rest, can find peace in Jesus because the peace that Jesus gives is not of this world. I find that in my own life, too many times, I am trying to find peace in something other than this wonderful Holy Spirit that He has sent. And it, it's, it's from A to Z, and we're all different in we're, what we try to, how we try to find peace. But I'm telling you, it's all an empty substitute. Eventually it will fail. But if we will allow the Holy Spirit to do what the Holy Spirit was sent to do in our hearts, we will have this peace that's not of the world. The peace that Jesus gives comes from the Holy Spirit within us. Amen? Amen. Thank you, Lord, for these great truths. This morning we're going to move into a time of communion. And with the message that... Uh, that Jesus just gave us in these verses and with the Holy Spirit maybe speaking to you this morning. Maybe communion is, is a great time this morning and we welcome you to take communion with us to, to just kind of have a reset and just say, Lord, may I make sure that I'm listening to the Holy Spirit to love like you loved. Everything else doesn't matter. Lord, I want to obey your command to love like you loved. This is the table, not of the church, but of the Lord. It's to be made ready for those who love him and for those who want to love him more. So come, you who have much faith and you who have little, you who have been here often and you who have not been here long, you who have tried to follow and you who have failed. Come because it is the Lord who invites you. It is His will that those who want Him should meet Him here. If you want to come down the center aisles, come over and take the cracker and dip it in the wine or the juice and then come back around, find somebody to pray with. Just let the Holy Spirit speak to your heart.